Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from a uterus here in 2018. My name... <laughs> sort of. There was a uterus involved. Yeah. Yeah. My name... Well, Multiple it's all, it's uteruses. It's by my mother. It's true. Who has a uterus? <laughs> I can't go on with this one. Um, <laughs> I'm Kenny Nybart, I'm one of your hosts. And today with us, we have Haley Weiringau. Hello. She's a producer. She is with a pod where they first look at Amazon. Correct. I think Dude. I nailed that. Yes. Yeah, he killed it. Killed it. Um, and the film we're doing today is all about my mother, hence my uterus joke. What we, was your previous one? Well, it was, it was so, I wrote it down. It was so cumbersome. <laughs> um, it was, and I didn't love it, but like, all right. So it was... Um, <laughs> It was shit. I don't know. From the bottom of a tip of a pencil. <laughs> from the bottom, from the bottom right. of the tip of. That was one of my favorite. From shots our in seats at opening, from our seats at an opening night showing of Una Tranvia Yamada Deseo here right. in 2018. That's awesome. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Both I enjoyed Una both of them. Una Tranvia Yamada Deseo because sure. a streetcar named Desire is extremely important in this Crucial. movie. As is yeah. All About Eve. And I think there's one other movie that's super important. Or one other uh, play mm. or film or something. I can't remember what the other one is. Very important in this. I, I feel like, yeah. I mean, this movie is very meta. In, the oh, me- yeah. in, in a great way. Mm-hmm. Like the, the way it is a loving tribute to so many different types of movies mm-hmm. and different types of people and different types of women. And I, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty amazing movie. I love this movie. Yeah. I, I, it's... 
It's interesting. I have not seen it since 99. I remember I saw it in 99. Mm-hmm. Um, because, as is the case, it feels like if we're lucky every year, there's a handful of foreign films that actually get to sort of zeitgeist quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Not quality, but you know what I mean. Where like, America cares, I guess, is basically what it yeah, comes sure. down to. <laughs> and this was one of those. And uh, and I remember there was just a lot of talk about it. I had not seen any Pedro Almodovar films prior to this. Um, so it was my introduction to him. And, and I have to be honest, I have not seen all of his movies. Mm-hmm. I'd say I probably have seen a handful. Yeah. Um, but this, watching this again, it didn't surprise me that this was the one that connected with people. Sure. Um, and that, again, having not seen a lot of his earlier work, which was a lot more sort of manic, I guess is one way of mm-hmm. putting it, mm-hmm. or just very sort of, people just couldn't connect with it emotionally. This film is very, like this has a big beating heart at the center of this Huge movie. Heart. yeah. So, which is sort of undeniable. And so before... Yes. Becoming a producer with a pod with the first look at Amazon. <laughs> I was an independent film agent, and so there's maybe sometimes an assumption that I've seen I've, I, that I've seen all the movies I should have seen. Right, right, right. Sure, <laughs> Which yeah. I haven't. I have not seen all of Amaldar's movies, yeah. but but like you, a, a handful of them. But I have to agree, this one is like the one that has that big beating heart, yeah. like so up front and center. It really does. It, it just it's it's. Um, it's just very arresting almost immediately. There is there is a quality to his films um, that is undeniable. There's this visual quality to them, the colors, just the the, the shot compositions. Like immediately you can tell that there's someone with a very specific, sees the world in a very specific way, which is rare. I mean, we've seen that a handful of times thus far on the good movies that we've covered or great yeah. movies that we've covered thus far. But it's so composed. It's so stylized. There's so many, like, there's so many visual choices made, but it never feels, at least with this film in particular, it doesn't feel, like, flashy in that way. It's so not about the choices. I mean, you can definitely read into them, like, so much of these, there's so many scenes that seem to be set up, like, a theater stage, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but but it doesn't, He's not trying to make it the point, which is, I think, speaks again to like the heart and also just these performances of these characters that you follow. Are heartbreaking, with. big time. Just amazing stuff. Um, so, let's ask you a couple questions mm-hmm. before we get into all of this. Great. Um, where were you in 1999? I was in Chicago, Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, near are you North from Side. Chicago? I am. Where are you from? Uh, Old Town. Okay. So near North Side of Chicago, and I was 13. I was in eighth grade. Okay. And I remember seeing an ad for this movie in the Chicago Reader, but I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it, probably didn't see it in 1999. I probably saw it in like 2000, maybe 2001, rented with my mom. That's pretty, I mean, yeah. to be 14 or 15 years old seeing mm-hmm. this movie is, that I'm not sure I would have been able to really get this movie. Why do you think you saw it? Were you a, just a cinephile and you kind of, <laughs> no. I mean, I loved movies and my mom loved movies and she would take us to like cool shit at the sure. music box and uh-huh. stuff like that. But she's not, she wouldn't, she is not and wouldn't identify as a cinephile either. Just really enjoys, you know, going and staying for the credits. Sure. Basically. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I remember seeing the poster for it or the little, you know, the little uh, ad for it in the, in the reader and thinking that it looked so visually striking that like, that mm-hmm. illustration of Manuela. And I don't know, I guess I was sort of like an 
arty. It's weird also an kid. interesting title. Mm-hmm. It you is an interesting totally. title. Totally. You know what I mean? We were just like, well, what does that what does and that mean? My mom must have had some awareness of it too. And I think sure. she she wanted to rent it also. Yeah. We watched I mean, it together. I again I was I as I've said many times, I was in film school in 1999. So I was trying to see as many movies as I could. Mm-hmm. And uh it was a movie that people were very much talking about. Um I will say though, I think I prefer talk to her. Mm-hmm. Um, as do I. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. think talk to her is incredible. Yeah, um, I, I would I would say that not to say that this movie isn't, but I, I think that there's a um, there's a, a streamlined quality. There's a clarity mm-hmm. to talk to there's her. A spine. There's a spine to this. This movie feels a lot more fragmented. Oh yeah. Um, this feels like a character study, which is great. Totally. But. It's a little harder to kind of really grasp I totally what's going on here. It's honestly so hard for me to like compare it to uh, his other films and other films in general, just because maybe it was, I was so young when I saw it for the first time. And when I did, it just sort of like hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, oh. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I will say and, that at that age. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where, I mean, even, and I obviously, I'm, I'm a couple years older than you and was... Studying the, film, the, the, but the gentleman's couple. <laughs> <laughs> Just love to make me feel old on this you're podcast. Not, you're a couple years older than me. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm a few years older than Haley, but I think that even I found myself just really blown away by mm-hmm. just I just never seen anything like this, and and as is the case with foreign cinema, I do feel like they they take bigger swings sure. visually. They just they're, they're not. They don't adhere as much to narrative structures in the same way that that North American yeah. cinema does. Yeah, I think it's like a pairing of two things. It's doing all of that stuff. Like it's visually stunning. It's it looks different and feels different than American cinema. And then it's just perfectly cast and has incredible oh, yeah. performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like that one, two. It like has all of sort of like the flashbang of like, you know, already uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. foreign cinema that yeah. you're going to get excited about, especially if you're, you know, a sensitive 13-year-old girl <laughs> or Phil Iscove in film school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever you are. Yeah. yeah, you know, potato, potato. Um, and, I, yeah, that's... But it can back it up, I think, with the fact that these these the roles are so perfectly cast and and the performances are just so when it's also just um it 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 beautifully articulates what it's trying to say mm-hmm. as well you know what i mean like and it's and this, these aren't e- easy issues to talk about mm-hmm. but it is done with such confidence and grace that you can't help but sort of be really taken with it it's interesting because i was thinking in my head we've only done one other foreign film thus far which run is run little run, run. Mm-hmm. um which is a which I is unbelievable. And, and then I was thinking like, what other ones come to mind just off the, literally at the top of my head, but like audition is also Mm -hmm. a 99 movie. So like, look at those three foreign films. All right. So you take those three movies. It's it's interesting (laughs) because the one thing that 99 has not given us is um, a wealth of foreign cinema. It's true. It's, you know, if I run down the Oscar nominees, I was just going to do that. This would be one. Yeah. East West is, is fine. Well, is (laughs) relatively known uh, among people in America. Yep. Among people, you know, people who are aware of these sort of things. I've never heard of Himalaya. I've never heard of Solomon and Gaynor. I've never heard of Under the Sun. So the other three nominees are movies I've never heard of. 
Yeah, I feel like Under the Sun, I, I might remember. You may be thinking Under the Tuscan, Tuscan Sun. sun. <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might be Which, of course, that. is the American well, remake of the Swedish film Under, <laughs> Under Solen. But so that's these, not a, so not that, a, that, yeah. that's interesting to me. And yeah. then you have, you know, I do think Run, Lola, Run is, uh, you know, we, we did the podcast. I think it's revolutionary. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it wasn't nominated. That's, that's crazy. crazy. It wasn't nominated. Oh, because it did. It was a 98 movie, but yeah. it wasn't nominated in 98 either. Yeah. It would have been nominated in 98. It was released in America in 99. Um, and we will be doing, actually, Abre Las Ojos. Yes, we will be. Which was released in America in 99, but was released, yeah. uh, I think it's a Mexican movie, and it was re- or Spanish? Spanish. Maybe Spanish. Spanish. I can't yeah. remember. But it was released in whatever home country it was made in, in either 96 or 97. Mm-hmm. So yeah. We're going to do a, a Vanilla Sky uh it's mostly going to be Abra Los Ojos. But the other... But an audition in never in a hundred million years will be nominated for Best Picture, Best Foreign Film. Best Foreign Film. Under, really? under any circumstances. Not, not to get Isn't it weird he never really breaks through? <laughs> never really breaks bizarre. through into the but, arty. So yeah. this really is our representative I agree. of mm-hmm. world cinema I know. for this year, which is too It's bad. a great movie, but it's a shame. It's a shame that there yeah. aren't more... F- are yeah. are in kind of a, a bigger breath now. Yeah. To that being said, it's a very worthy representative. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's to me, um, it's not Run Lola Run. Doesn't get me excited the way Run Lola Run gets me excited. There from is, a, yes, sir. This is me from a from a you know filmmaking standpoint. But that's that feels a little bit like different strokes. You know, I absolutely, I, I it. I agree with you 100%. I mean, Run, Lola, Run is a is a shot of adrenaline of a movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, it really, and and as we obviously talked about in our episode, it, it is masterful. The way that they do what they do in such a tight time frame, and it's just it's just great. I have nothing bad to say about Run, Lola, Run. There is another foreign film that I love that came out in 99 that, I'm, that very few people saw called Girl on the Bridge um, with uh, Vanessa De, uh, What's this? Uh, Johnny Depp's Parody. ex-wife, Paradis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful black and white movie that I that I saw in the theater actually, and absolutely adore. And I look forward to us hopefully finding a way to watch it because <laughs> it's hard to find. Um, totally opposite. It's a black and white movie about a uh, a um, a knife thrower from oh, like a, who falls in love with the girl that because he's basically been. St- throwing knives and killing all of his assistants. Mm-hmm. And then he falls in love with this woman and she, and he gets his, his abilities back. And it's, it's so it's, nice. It's a really, really beautiful. It's also just like absolutely beautifully can we, can shot. Can we watch that soon? Yeah. Black and white, Paris. It's just like, I mean, you can't anyway. You no, know, it reminds me so. a little bit before you said the other thing, but it reminds me a little bit of um, Pushing Daisies. Yes. Which it has is that just vibe such too, sure. a great like yeah, yeah. premise. So sweet. You know, yeah. like so sweet. if you touch her, she yeah. dies. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's beautiful. beautiful. So. Um, so I'm just going to give the synopsis yeah. of all about my mother uh, for context, but um, this is, so I'm not, I just cut and paste the synopses mm-hmm. from Google. I don't mm-hmm. read them before I put them in. So forgive me, but this is a little <laughs> bit weird. This is uh, one of our most exciting moments. Meth- part of, of the method. Every, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it. A Greek saying states that only women who have washed their eyes with tears can see clearly. Mm-hmm. The saying does not hold true for Manuela. <laughs> the night a car ran over her son Esteban, Man- is it Manuela? Manuela? Manuela. Manuela. Yeah. Cried until her eyes ran completely dry. Far from seeing clearly, the present and the future becomes mixed up in darkness. She begins looking for his father, who has become a transvestite. That is a very strange synopsis, that, written in a poetic, almost sort of 
So anyway, mm-hmm. that's the synopsis sort of of the movie. I guess it's that's about Manuel. Movie. Yeah. Uh, and it actually is apropos of this movie. It's just I've never had a synopsis from Google come up in such a way. Usually it's like A to B to C. Yeah. So anyway, uh, All About My Mother opened on November 5th, 1999 in limited release with $50,000 would go on to make $67 million on a $5 million budget. Remarkable. That's an amazing thing. Sony classic. All About My Mother has (laughs) 98% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and 93 from audiences. Um, Roger Ebert had a glowing review of this film, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I'm going to read a small portion of it that I think sums up a lot of really great stuff. Uh, Pedro Almodovar's films are a struggle between real and fake heartbreak, between tragedy and soap opera. They're usually funny too, which increases the tension. You don't know where to position yourself while you're watching a film like All About My Mother, and that's part of the appeal. Do you take it seriously like the characters do, or do you notice the bright colors and flashy art direction, the cheerful homages to Tennessee Williams and All About Eve, and see it as a parody? A Motivar's early films sometimes seem to be manipulating the characters as, as an exercise. Here, the plot does handstands in its eagerness to use consequence, sorry, coincidence, surprise, and melodrama. But the characters have a weight and a reality, as if a Motivar had finally taken pity on them, has seen them through their plights. Although they might seem ludicrous, they are real enough to hurt. Do we? Now, this is an open question because, yeah. we, as I've, I've said this off mic, and I, I mean it, this movie needs to be discussed. To I think appreciate it at least for me. Mm-hmm. At no point during this movie did I think this was satirical. No. So mm-hmm. I I, I, can I under, that. I can understand maybe as a reading through Amovadar's is Vodar Amovadar or Amodovar Amodovar's um, oeuvre that mm-hmm. maybe he has done this in the past. Yes. And you know I always point to like David David venture in the game, mm-hmm. how that sets you up to, to believe that he's going to go in one direction and goes another direction. But seen, this is the earliest Almodovar movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I've, never, I've never seen a movie he made before this. So I didn't have any context for what I think might be satire or melodrama of his previous work. No satire in this movie. Yeah. This is, a, this is, this I is think it's definitely his, It's definitely his earlier work. Yeah, and I, it's his earlier work and I think maybe you can also make an argument that it's this very colorful palette and and quote unquote colorful characters, and right. that you would expect there to be maybe a little bit more like even zaniness to it. But I think the thing, like the hallmark of this movie, is that it's like so sober in the treatment of all of its characters mm-hmm. without being sad. Like there's a real yeah. sort of optimism to it too. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, for me as a as a 13-year-old who had also like gone to Catholic school and was sort of, I don't know, there were certain <laughs> things about it that as much as my parents were pretty, you know, liberal and stuff, like there were certain things about it that felt very sort of exotic. Uh-huh. And the fact that everyone was treated with such like humanity and everything was so like normal, you know, and the way Manuela, who looks like a mom and is like a nurse and you inter- yeah. you're introduced to her in this very sort of like, you know, she's a medical professional and sing- single mother, the way she navigates sort of the kind of these different worlds of of subcultures and, and kind of outsiders, I was like, totally like yeah, it's, it's, blown away. It is very... Um... He's he's wrapping his arms around, and it feels like this is something that he's done in the past as well. Uh, of of embracing fringe characters, mm-hmm. embracing people that feel like outsiders. Um, and to your point, I think his early work, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, mm-hmm. in particular, which was I think the first movie of his that gained him mm-hmm. notoriety, really like aggressively manic movies that mm-hmm. were sort of 
that, that where the characters border on caricature. Um, they don't happen. That does not happen here. But you could see how it could tip there. Some characters in particular mm-hmm. feel like they could have gone there and he's holding, like he's he's consciously holding himself back from doing that. Well, one thing Haley said when you were talking was the quote-unquote colorful characters. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they're, they're, they're colorful characters in that they're well-written, interesting, layered characters. Mm-hmm. But I thought the quote-unquote make is such an interesting idea because obviously I feel like you're referring to transgendered characters. Transgender, prostitutes, you know, sex workers rather. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, that the... It just her ability to sort of like navigate both like there's the artist side of it with Huma and Nina. And then there's just her ability to kind of go down to this sort of like, you know, very scary, crazy corner where there are all these sex workers and kind of be totally confident and looking for her friend or looking for her ex more appropriately and finding her dear friend, you know. But specifically to the transgender point, mm-hmm. transgender point is... um. There's nothing inherently colorful about a transgender person. And, and I'm, not, I'm not accusing you of this in any way, but I'm just saying there's nothing inherently colorful about a transgender person. Mm-hmm. Except in 1999, I think a lot of reviewers like Roger Ebert would be like, how sure. amazing, sure. how colorful. Right, right. That's the quote unquote. That's, that's what I'm yeah. getting right. at. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> so it's, and, and I agree with your point entirely. It, it's what's so cool about this movie and specifically the portrayal of both transgender characters, mm-hmm. really, is that there is nothing, you know, particularly zany. The zaniest character is Huma by far. Yeah. Um, you know, are we talking about Huma or are we talking about a, 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 a Grado? Well, I'm talking about a Grado. I don't think is an over the top character. No. But it could have been in the wrong hands. It's kind it of maybe, would have been that's, yes. in almost anybody else. else's hands yes. in 1999. It would have been, yes. it would have been, um, like like uh, Nathan Lane in the Birdcage. Yes, you know. Yes. Yeah. So and, or and, Guy Pearce in uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, which is its own, which thing. which is its own thing. But yes, but because yeah. he's not really transgender, he's a drag queen. Yeah, like, that's, right. That's, totally. Yeah. That's performative. That's I, I tell you, it's this, very is, yeah, this is yeah. This is this is this is life. Yes. About that. Yeah. This yeah. is a person living living their life. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. Antonia San Juan is amazing, and mm. and any and her sort of and she's so. She's so charismatic and she's so funny and she is like, she is a character. She's zippy and she's, I mean, she's so cool. She's by far the most quotable person in this movie. Well, she's got some speeches. She's got some like... great speeches and she's got some great one-liners. Yes. Like, yes. you know, um, I, who, I can't buy re- real, real Chanel with all the hunger in the world. I mean, <laughs> God bless you. Uh, you know, but, but I think it's like a testament to Almodovar, like, you know, he've searched for that character. And, 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 and my understanding was, is really only searched, searched it among, you know, actual, um, actual trans communities and, and auditioned, you know, tons of people and found Antonia and had her audition. The the role was originally written for someone who was much older, like in her fifties. And so they ended up sort of changing the role because when he found Antonia and some, underground performance. Mm-hmm. Um, th- you know, she was so clearly, she was so clearly right. Um, and she is, I mean, she's, she's like incredible. a total revelation. Yeah. yeah it's, I, I mean, yeah, I agree. With, I agree with everything that you're saying in terms of how this movie was probably perceived in its moment mm-hmm. and how it's perceived now are two very different things. Um, I, 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 I don't know how the transgender community would respond to this film. I don't think there's anything necessarily today. Yeah. 
positively. Is it, it's just a guess. Yeah. It's just a it guess. It doesn't seem I, like a film that's it's going out of its way. Have yeah. like reached out and had that conversation directly. Yeah. But I do feel like speaking to what you're saying yeah. in terms of the perception of what it was doing and what the movie was at the time, you can look back at the reviews and some of it's like, mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, but the film... You know, I was afraid after to to rewatch it after it'd been like many years since I had seen it. Like, is this just not going to like hold, hold up? up. Yeah. And it does. It does. At that, least to yes. me, it really does. That's um, a scary thing sometimes yeah. with movies that the yeah. movies about about so not this isn't really about a social issue, and that's kind of the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. But movies that 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 work with or around things that are currently social issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we went through this boys don't cry a little bit. Yeah. You know, is boys don't cry going to hold up and you know, it's interesting. I was scared. Because we I'm talk scared. about movies that... So we had uh, Scott Turner Schofield on mm-hmm. for... for boy, you know? Oh, I, I heard I listened to Oh. <laughs> she's, a, she's a fan. Yeah. So, so we talk... I didn't say that, Phil. I mean, I listened. <laughs> we, <laughs> Whoa. Well, Touche. We, Sorry, I didn't mean to put words in your mouth. We, we, we don't actually yes. call them fans. We call the 99ers. But, <laughs> Whatever. Uh, you may be a 99er, you may not. Yeah. But um, we, uh, we've never done that before. We've never called them 99ers. But we talk about movies that Scott could come back for because there are a lot of movies mm-hmm. uh, that are... One in particular, I think. Or well, two in particular. Two. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. Fight Club and, and there's Matrix. Matrix. Mm-hmm. I would put this on that list as well. I agree. Because um, I would really be interested to, to know I absolutely would love how this is viewed within the trans yeah. community today. Mm-hmm. But no, nothing, pure speculation. Yeah. It seems very respectful. It seems like this. Like uh, aside from some like vernacular used sure. with you know transvestite being used um, as like a very dated term, it feels it feels like and again I don't know a ton about Almodovar's like personal politics, but it feels like the whole approach at the time was feels very in keeping with like how we would hope someone would do it today. I don't know. It just yeah, feels. I agree with that. Like there's just a ton of humanity there. He also feels like a filmmaker that has been embraced by that community by and large, mm-hmm. it seems. Um, so I think that's, I, I think he's, I think he's a very interesting filmmaker who's dealing with a lot of these issues throughout his entire body of work. So um, I, it, it is interesting to read some of the reviews, as you mentioned, Haley, because mm-hmm. some of them are, I mean, it, there's a, people love this movie. Critics love this movie. Um, they, they draw a lot of lines to like uh, George, is it Kukur? Kukur? Yeah. Uh, they talk all about, about him. Eve. All about Eve. Yeah. Oh. Um, Douglas Sirk is brought mm-hmm. up as well. A lot of very sort of classical filmmakers that he's folding into this film as well, which I think is, um, which is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, the title itself echoes all about Eve. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like the, In context. Is, in context. Yeah. Um, it's, it is, it's very interesting. Uh, so Almodovar dedicates the film at the end mm-hmm. To all the actresses, all actresses who have played actresses, to all women who act, to men who act and become women, to all the people who want to be mothers, to my mother. It's an amazing dedication. Uh, and, it, and it's, yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? Yeah, but it's so interesting too, because he also has this like love and respect and, and reverence for, I'm not someone who personally, who like, reveres many actresses. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I've just never, as much as I work in, in Hollywood and love film and movies, I've never been one where I'm like, oh, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I just had, I don't, Good for I'm you. not above it I, I, by any means. I'm not above it. Though? I don't know what it is. What, I don't what know. is like, that thing? Because I, I, I feel the same way. I, it does feel like movie stars mm-hmm. aren't what they used to be, first yeah. and foremost. 
and I don't know that that there's this untouchable quality that existed to yeah. Betty Davis and and, yeah. and and actor actresses of that time where I don't think anyone ever thought to themselves that they were real people. Maybe it's maybe it's has something to do with us just yeah. like being in this town. It's not like I'm interacting <laughs> with Julia Roberts every day, but like I'm interacting with actors all sure. the time. So it doesn't seem that crazy to me. And I'm a fan and yeah. I like, you know, and so that's, that goes without question. But my parents also had like a pretty high bullshit meter <laughs> when it came to stuff like this. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's there's osmosis of like growing up, but it's like his reverence and admiration for these actresses. And then also he so is, he's so like, he's so focused on and has so much like interest in this idea of like innate female solidarity which is also something that is not lost on me. I have yeah. great female friends and sure. I, I like love women, but it's, it's something that um, like doesn't occur to me in a weird yeah. way. And, and, and the fact that he both like sees it and has also made it his life's work. Yeah. I mean, it's like over and over again in so many of his films, it's, it's fascinating to me. Like it doesn't speak to me directly. And again, I have wonderful like female friends and they're, great relationship with my mom. Like, it's not yeah. like, I don't, but, uh, but it's just something that I, I never thought of as like remarkable. And then, but then you see these movies and there are these moments of like instant connection and you're like, maybe it's just something I've been taking for granted. And that's kind of a cool thing too, um, as a woman. Sorry. This movie is, that's interesting. It's, it, yeah. there's, there's, I, I noticed in this movie that there's almost not a male character who has any dialogue. The closest is the guy who plays Kowalski. Well, I still Yeah. The son at the beginning. Oh, in the beginning, yes, of course. But that's yes. the only that's really the only male but character. Yes, in the movie, he, he doesn't he, he doesn't make it very long. But the the guy who plays Kowalski's in it for a minute to yeah. kind of make a point. Mm-hmm. Um and outside of that, there are virtually no male characters in the entire yeah. movie. And that's it's well, yeah. yeah. There's the is Kowalski the guy who's trying to get the the blowjob? Yes. Okay. Yes. He's so edgy. Point, Guys, point made. So much stress. Just got to <laughs> He's edgy. Just I'll he needs to release. Be a friend. You know? <laughs> um, I one of the things that I love about this film is that Lola is sort of like Harry Lyme in The Third mm-hmm. Man. This mm-hmm. it's she's mythic. Yeah. She's spoken of so that when she does show up, totally, you're just and and that performance is. Incredible, but my God! I you, thought she may never show up. Oh, really? I this never seen the movie. Before. Sure. So I I thought that that might, it might have been one of those sure. type of movies where you just never get you never yeah. meet Guffman. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah that 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 scene at the funeral oh, when Lola shows up on the steps and it's it's mostly just extreme close ups. You just really you. Somehow, you, well, you just you fall in love with this person immediately, and you mm-hmm. understand everything that this mm-hmm. person has been through. And I think a very short period of time. Period of time. I, I, I don't know. I, I really, I really thought that was totally. I totally agree. And I also just love the juxtaposition of their two faces in that scene yes. yeah. because she is a mess. <laughs> yeah. Um, Manuela is a mess, yeah. and she's and she's just losing it, and is finally really like. Kind of break. She breaks down a few times in the movie, but like this yeah. is definitely a, you know next level. And Lola is 
is clearly breaking too, but she's also so composed. And like just seeing that, that, I don't know, dichotomy is Also just on on a purely uh, aesthetic level, the the makeup and the way way Lola's put together versus is, yeah. These two sort of like images of like femininity, you know? But it's it's interesting too, um, the amount of sympathy the movie, compassion the movie has for Lola. Mm -hmm. Who has done terrible things? Totally terrible and things. I, Ter- murder. So, like, I, it, yeah. I, not to get, Are we led to believe that she knew that she? I think she knows. You, okay. you think she only knows after that? I don't know. I. Yeah. It's hard I, to say. I, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to say. But like that, I feel you know. Like she. She knew something yeah. was wrong, and she I, knew that's uh, yes. Maybe she, certainly possible that or she that was, she knew enough in yeah. terms of like what. Her body was, yeah. yeah. It's a lot to say that giving someone HIV is murder, but it's also it, it also is an unforgivable thing to do mm-hmm. if you're aware of it. Mm-hmm. So, but it's not. But, but that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like it's not unforgivable if you're really in the skin of and, this character. So it's and yeah. I would say weirdly, it's because of Penelope Cruz's character. It's because of Rosa and like her love and sympathy for Lola mm-hmm. that you, I think that's a part of it. The fact that you've also gotten to know Lola through her character by the time you meet, by the time you meet her, which is at Rosa's funeral, like this is, you know, he, and, and, and Manuel is calling, what does she, what does she call Lola? Um, uh, uh, at the end, she calls her like a disease. She, no, there's uh, an epidemic. incredible line. She you're says, an you're, an epidem- epidemic. you're an epidemic. Yeah. You're not a person, Lola, you're an epidemic. Yeah. <laughs> and and you, you're like with her and you agree with her because you know she's just been like savaged personally by Lola. Yeah. But like you, and, and yet you can't help but like just have a little piece of your heart for because well, the, 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 the perception of Lola from Rosa, Manuela, and Agrado, 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 Agrado's like it seems like three drastically different people. Mm-hmm. So that when you do meet this person, they have to be enigmatic enough and they have to, somehow you have to believe that these all these versions of this person can exist. Right. And you do. It's, but, it's remarkable. It's but remarkable. the thing about that is because if all three can exist and they're all so different, then you know that like all three aren't, not, not to say fallible, you just know that there's also room for something else, right? Like if all of those, yeah. if all three versions can exist, then you know there's room for something else. And I think that's where you kind of put your sympathy with that character. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's really it's pretty staggering it, stuff. <laughs> I, I like like there 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 are kind of thoughts there there are basically thoughts I'm having about this that are kind of hard to articulate because the performance is it's so sexually provocative in that you can understand how this person mm-hmm. could be sexually attractive to people of all <laughs> yeah. Sexual preferences. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Like she almost carries herself mm-hmm. like James Dean. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know. There's I, who, a charisma to her that also is, is someone yeah. who seemingly is attracted right? attractive yeah. to someone of all sexual totally. preferences. So yeah. there, there is. There's this like, yeah, come in. This is almost a shit kicker. Even though she's spending so much of the movie crying, this shit kicker leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Motorcycle yeah. riding thing that I understand why twenty two year old Dunn <laughs> is interested in her. Yeah, right? um, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera. yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. I, I it, it, 
she blows you away the second she comes on the screen and it's and you can't have anything less than that mm-hmm. for this movie to work mm-hmm. because to what the line that Haley referred to earlier which is you're not a person although you're an epidemic you need this person has destroyed so many lives that you have to understand how that's even possible mm-hmm. so um it's 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 really it's really amazing stuff. I, 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 the attention to detail in this film is, and sort of the subtle attention to mm-hmm. detail, it's not rubbing your face in the way that it's made. And yet the way a kitchen looks ah. messily mm-hmm. lived in and yet so specifically done is, is also just... Also major vulvar vibes, like in that first movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, aren't we yeah. just tasting everything and yeah. smelling everything and so colorful? <laughs> but it's, it, the world feels incredibly lived in and yet somehow borders on the surreal as well, which so, is very hard to do. What's, inter- bit. what's interesting, just going back to Lola really quickly, what's yeah. interesting about that character and that role, because whereas like Agrado was played by a trans actress, actor, mm-hmm. um, that was just me using a gender-neutral actor term, not sure. <laughs> qualifying it. But um, I, I believe Lola's played by a man who lives as who lives as a man. Um, oh, yeah. uh, just I don't know. It's just interesting it is that interesting. he that she, you know Lola is this like incredibly sort of um, pulling off that role is seems so essential. And and uh, and somehow it, it's done by someone who yeah doesn't fully embody doesn't it. Whereas Agrado, identify that whereas Agrado does, and you know I'm, I'm not making a point. It's just yeah, Agrado is. I mean, the speeches that she there's two phenomenal speeches mm-hmm. that she gives. The first being um, outside Nina's bathroom, I believe, when she's yes. about to do drugs. Yeah, um, and she gives this whole incredible speech, mm. and then obviously her one. Woman. woman show oh, that she puts yes. on is just amazing stuff. The one woman show is so essential to this movie. <laughs> yes. Because if if, if she, uh, truly if she if she didn't do that, we're bordering on we're bordering on magical transgender person. Mm. Um, yeah. we yeah. are. And, and that's not a trope. That's not really a trope, but it kind of could be a trope. Sure. You know what I mean? Um Well, she's kind of a right. She she is the sort of sidekick and has these great one-liners and is you know, can have her face beat in and yet have this like incredible, yes. you know, sort of sense of humor and a wink and and full I of think, great advice. And yeah. I think all of yeah, full of great advice. And I <laughs> yeah. And I feel like all of those elements are played so like genuinely, but you're so right. Like having giving her her own moment um feels like so essential. I, I agree. And and it's 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 a moment that is uh human and funny and I don't know. It's just, and apparently it's, I think it's, I think it's a speech that people audition with quite often, (laughs) which is kind of amazing. Like you can see people. Well, I'd seen an interview with, um, with Elmodovar who said that he just, he had said he, he had never seen anything like that in terms of a, a, um, transgender woman, um, really digging into like how much this all costs. Like, and it's a lot. Um, it sounds like a lot. And sort of like in the effort and the cost that that goes into sort of building your authentic self. Um, and and but and there's just something about like looking at it in those like practical terms of like dollars and cents mm-hmm. that I think 
it just gives you an entirely different sort of perspective that that we had, yeah, you hadn't really seen before or thought or thought of before. It's also a pretty yeah. good argument for nobody's doing this to fucking scare Republicans. <laughs> You know, like, I, I just, when you really break that down, like, I, I do, when you really break down, like, what people who are, are are literally at this moment trying to take rights away from trans people, yeah. what, what they think is going on, and I think they think, I, I think they think they're trying to scare people and sneak into bathrooms. I, I really don't I know. I really don't know. But it's so obvious that nobody is putting, nobody's putting this time, this effort, no. money, psychological, um, this, this, this psychological muscle into changing who they are physically just to, to piss you off. Just yeah, to, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just to like, just to like yeah. sexually assault a child in a yeah, no. women's room. Like it's so absurd. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's, it's interesting that the, the speech that she gives also is just sort of about the vessel that we, mm-hmm. that we're in, you know, and that idea of what it takes to be comfortable in your own skin and to, to love this vehicle for lack of a better word that mm-hmm. you get for however many years uh it, it's just it, it's very it's very pragmatic it's very binary and and yet really beautiful at the yeah. same time yeah and there's just something really like poetic about looking at like really looking at the parts of your body in terms of artifice right it's yeah. like so many milliliters of silicone or whatever um but that all of that sort of all of those artificial bricks create this very authentic self right and it's also something that is relatable whether or not you're um, trans or or not. It's yeah. just, you know, the things that you put into yourself to try and create the version of yourself that you that you want to be or think that you are. It's, um, I don't know. And, and just, you know, to, we all have to look in the mirror every day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's just what it is. That's just, that's just part to. of it. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yeah. I, but I, I think that there's, do you know what I mean? That idea of yes. how hard it is to look in the mirror every day and see someone that you love and the idea that there are people that that have to look in the mirror and hate what they see mm-hmm. because society has deemed that as or more probably Republicans deem that mm-hmm. as inappropriate. Everybody or, or, does. I mean, you know, it really, it's, it's, it's only, it's heartbreaking. Only, I mean, everyone knows this. I'm not breaking new ground here. But it's only about five to 10 years that even the most liberal among us has started to has stopped viewing trans people as an other Mm -hmm. and started viewing them as people deserving all all the rights of everybody else so like it's been and even now it's 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 really this is the the it's been kind of fast moving in the last like couple of years yeah but for so long like even you know obama and and the, the 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 most progressive people among us didn't view it the same way which i mean just to like bring it back to to the movie it's like this movie this movie does. Yes. Like it yes. just, it does. It's characters do. Yes. I mean, you have, you have Rose's parents. And so you have that look of like fear and that look of, um, you know, like condemnation when, when Manuel and, and Lola are together with the baby towards the end. So you have that representative of, you know, that the entire world isn't like, you know, super uh, woke and, uh, and, uh, and, and there for all of this. Um, but your protagonists and like the people that you care about and root for in this movie do. And I, it just, it's so it's so it is, it's sadly, it's like so ahead of its time. But it's, it's really also nice that time. there's no moment. I mean, like I, I don't, I haven't seen this movie. No one's seen this movie, but, but green book right now mm-hmm. in the trailer, there's mm-hmm. that moment where Vigo, Mor- where I think Marshall Ali's getting beat up in a, in a bar and 
Viggo Mortensen comes in and says, hey, stop beating him up, right? Where mm-hmm. the white guy has to walk in and like save the black guy. Mm-hmm. There's no moment where Manuel has to walk in and be like, hey, stop beating her up. Or what well, if- except when we meet. Her. You mean the beginning, yeah. but that's a little <laughs> yeah, different. That's a, totally that's, different. That's a John no, thing. I'm making fun of yeah. you. <laughs> that's just that's a John thing. That's that's not a hate crime. Totally. Um, but, it was yeah. a weird scene. Yeah, it was weird. But, <laughs> but there's... There, he, What's so great about it is it really is just two friends. Right. And that's what's important. It's mm-hmm. important to just present things as as, as normal, mm-hmm. as they are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this ridiculous thing I sent you yesterday about Siri. Yeah. Um, well, it was this incredible tweet. I should probably find I, out. I, I have it. I can pull it up. Who tweeted this? <laughs> but Siri, Alexa, Google Home. They all have a woman's voice. Mm-hmm. The, t- the tweet is, I'm super concerned with how many voice-activated things have a woman's voice. We're basically telling artificially intelligent women what to do and teaching young boys to do the same. If at least 10% of us change our settings to a male voice, it'll make a huge difference. Wow. So our baseline, yeah, it's crazy, right? So our baseline now is just like our servants are women, yeah. right? Our, ser- our, ser- our digital servants, but like all servants should be women. And I think that if it just were... That at least you know it was fifty fifty or whatever. Yeah. yeah, no one would notice it. It wouldn't be a big deal, but we just make a world of difference. And that's mm-hmm. what this tweet is trying to get across. Mm-hmm. That's probably that's the best so tweet I've ever read. That is the that is the that is the Ulysses of tweets. It's uh, I mean it's, it's it's a really good. Said one. someone who's never read, read Ulysses. Ulysses. Yeah, I'm never read Ulysses. <laughs> <laughs> <Are you> crazy. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, I tried once. Like, yeah, it's not possible. Uh, let's talk about the plot. Yes. That uh, synopsis was garbage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the movie opens on a on a dripping IV. Mm-hmm. And we meet uh, Manuela, a nurse in a transplant, uh, organ transplant department mm-hmm. of, a, of a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we learn that essentially she makes phone calls when patients are either brain dead or whatever the case might mm-hmm. be, and that they have a sort of a short amount of time to you know, obviously get the organs to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we then go home with her to her son, Esteban, who wants to be a writer. Can I cut in with a Please, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, please. So I w- was in preparation for this. <laughs> I uh, I was watching um, some of the special features on on the movie and uh, Amodovar said that in terms of like where this whole movie began, it began with a character. And I guess when he was researching Flower of My Secret, he learned about these seminars that these organ donation things conduct, these sort of simulations for how to talk oh. to the bereft about, to comfort them and also be like, and <laughs> can we get yeah, those organs yeah, before yeah. it's too late? And that was how he came across, that's how he created this character of Manuela. And that was sort mm-hmm. of the 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 sort of square one for the movie. That's really interesting. It is which it's, could explain why they spent so much time with it, given that you kind of have this departure. Yeah, it, it really from, veers into another direction. But you do have you a really it's nice be return to me for a second. That, that classic. I did think it was going to be or let's, let's, heart. Let's try. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's track some organs. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Return to me. Is, is um, the superior? Of, <laughs> anyone, anyone ever seen the Will Smith classic Seven Pounds? No, oh. but I know about it. Heard of it. Do you know what it is? Yeah. It's basically a transplant movie. <laughs> it is a transplant movie. That movie is weird. As a person who's never seen it. What's it's the concept of that movie is weird. The concept of that movie what is... What is the seven pounds referred to again? I think it's the seven Soul? organs. It's, oh, no, it is. It's, it's how much they weigh, I believe. Yeah, it's... It, Isn't how much like the body weighs I, like without I think that's, all the physical that's stuff? The, it's like... That's the, 
14. The God part. I think that's like the 14 grams movie or oh, 18 okay. grams, whatever <laughs> no, movie that that's, was. That's the, yeah, that's the, um, the, the certain the, amount the, of Aaron grams. movie with uh, Naomi Watts and uh, Sean 21 grams. That's 21 grams. Yeah, 21, that's how much. That's how much it weighs. Yeah. Seven pounds, I think, were like the seven organs that he was donating as he's dying. Basically, he's yeah. dying. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the kind of thing you'd come up with when you're like, is he dying? I thought he's, he, oh, someone didn't die because of him. Oh no, he's going to kill himself. You're he's, right. Because he kills himself with like a fucking electric uh, no, the jellyfish. With a jellyfish. <laughs> so he's, you know, he's going to, so you're right. He's going to kill himself Classic. because he killed someone by accident in a yeah, car accident. So yeah. he, um, he has these seven organs and he wants to find seven worthy people for them. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And he falls in love with like Rosario Dawson over sure. the course because mm-hmm. she's like going to get his heart or something. Mm-hmm. And I think he kills himself with a jellyfish because that's the best way to, to, to preserve the heart or something. This is what he, this is, yeah. But yeah. it's the kind of movie you come up with like- Backwards. Like, well, if you're like, I feel like a 19-year-old comes up with this idea, it's like, oh my God, you kill yourself, you give your organs to people, best people in the world, get them. Like, oh, I can yeah. write this movie. <laughs> And then you just put a jellyfish in there and you're good to go. Yeah. That, and so, that's the kind of specificity that really takes it. So I saw that movie so in the theater. <laughs> I saw the movie in the theater. Really? It's not my favorite movie. It's not a good movie. Um, like, you and a lot of people, 168. Uh, it did not do great. Well, because Will, worldwide, no, it did success. really well it for a, a really bad movie. But I mean, Will, for Will Smith. Will Smith is remarkable. Is like, he good in it? He's not like, it's not like he's great, but like that movie, there's nothing there and it's so treacly and cheesy and like he puts a jellyfish on his body and it's like electric shock it's so like I, I can I ask a question I, I absolutely love him has anyone seen Collateral Beauty at this table oh god no because no. that movie is does he bring it ish <laughs> do you know the concept I mean I just want to have a very quick sidebar on Collateral Beauty sure. just because mm-hmm. it's sort of similar to mm-hmm. what you're talking about so basically the concept of that movie is that Will Smith's daughter dies and he is working at an advertising agency with Kate Winslet, Michael Pena, and Edward Norton. Oh dear. I just started reading. (laughs) And basically what happens- Who directed this? Oh, I think- David Frankel. Oh, there you go. Who wrote it? What's going on here? Uh, Loeb, Alan Loeb. So hold on. I'll be very quick. Basically, long story short, he's really depressed. They're afraid that he's going to torpedo the company, which he created. So they find a bunch of actors to pretend they're angels to convince- Gotta watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) To save the advertising firm? Yes. That's But sort of their friend- Holy shit. Sort of their friend, but mostly because they don't want the company to go to shit. Mm -hmm. The twist? You already told me. There's another twist? Yeah. Whoa. They're actually angels. <laughs> That's convenient. Who's the Finally. His- Helen Mirren, Kira Knightley, and there's a third one that I can't remember. <laughs> it is bonkers. So happy you told me the second twist because I would have watched that movie because that's such a crazy premise. The fact that they're actually angels. <laughs> you would have been furious. I haven't Who's the third I'm one? Great. Can you tell me who the third one is? It, I- I can just read. Um, oh, sorry. It's Helen, Helen Mirren, Mirren Keira Knightley. Knightley, and Jacob Lat- Lattimore. Okay. Has time. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Rafi, time, AKA time. Death, love. <clears throat> They're the angel. You really need to see it, Kenny. No. Anyway, is it a twist or a reveal? <laughs> it's a twist. It thinks it's a twist. No, Doesn't matter. I, I think that, geez. Yeah, I guess it's a so twist. So anyway, uh, <laughs> back, to, back to all about my mother. Yes. Uh, 
So she goes home to her son. Uh, Manuela goes home to her son, Esteban, who wants to be a writer. And the shot that that Haley alluded to earlier is one of my favorite shots mm-hmm. in the movie, The where he's writing on the lens of the camera. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful shot. And it's kind of an anomaly in this movie. Because totally. It, doesn't he doesn't really do that ever again? It's the only anything that heightened. Thing, yeah. But I was just like, that's awesome because yeah. you don't even know what you're looking at for a second, and then totally. once you it gives you just enough time to process it, it's fantastic. And it has a purpose because she's wants she wants to know like what what is he writing? You know, right. in that mom in that mom way, and he he also happens to be writing about her to to a certain extent. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's and just so literally, good. this movie is it seems as though a love letter to all the women in yes. his life. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, that he's writing on the lens of the camera, it's so just like, good. it's a beautiful physical yeah. metaphor. It could I'll, be so, it, you know, it would be garbage in a lesser movie, <laughs> but it's so good. I want to throw something out. Knew nothing about this movie. Mm-hmm. Almost nothing about this movie. Uh, I knew almost nothing. About, I knew enough about Movadar to know that there are some transgressive ideas. Mm-hmm. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I didn't even, I didn't know if they were mother-son mm. or if they were a couple uh. at that moment. Oh. Because I knew nothing, remember? I didn't know. And she's a very young-looking mom. It's true. And he's a pretty mature-looking 18-year-old, or I think he was. He turns 18. He has thoughts on that, too. Um, he has the look of a, of a guy raised by a single mom. Yeah. And they, they're, <laughs> Whatever they're, that is. they're two attractive people. They are. <laughs> and they start talking about sex. They do. They talk about sex. Which I was like, this does not seem like a mother-son conversation. She shuts it down for being a pretty liberal lady who's joking about, would you work the street to support me? Being like, hey, watch your mouth. And she and she shuts it down. And that's when when I'm like, okay, this is is the mother from the title. Yes. Now I get, and the the son, and and I get what's going on. Mm -hmm. But the way it was framed. Totally. And and there is something, I mean, you know, there's obviously fucking spanking the monkey, Mm -hmm. which... Does go into this territory. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a few years before this. There's an edible quality. There's an edible yeah. quality to all this. And there, I don't, that's not where this movie went in any way. Mm-hmm. And like, more power to it for it. But there was that moment where I'm like, what is all about my mother actually about? <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it, it does. I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said that it does, it has a charge to it because of the nature of that conversation. Mm-hmm. And then even just when she's reading, from the book, when she goes into his bedroom, mm-hmm. there is sort of this, there's a depth, I guess, and, a, and an honesty between them that mm-hmm. you don't see. Now, again, I don't want to speak in two generalities, but it is a foreign film. So there is sort of this, I don't know that they necessarily see 
the same definitions, I guess, as we do. Well, for that that scene, the thing I love about it is there is like this micro beat of her being not wa- almost not wanting to read it, yeah. right? Like he, she knows that she's indulging him as yeah. in a way, and and I don't know. There's something about that I really liked. Oh, I thought he was great. I thought the kid that played oh, yeah. Esteban was oh, really yeah. good. No, he's well, he's they, yeah. They were able to, in general, when you have a performance like uh, you know, Boyhood is an example mm-hmm. where you had eventually in that movie you had an adult son. And a younger mom. Mm-hmm. But that was wrapped up in something totally different. There was no sexual charge between them. There was yeah. her feeling like her life just kind of came and went. And him absolutely loving his mother, but ready to leave. And there, was, there wasn't this kind of affection between them. And that, boy, it's like the, the, the most effective, the most affectionate example I could think of. Mm-hmm. There's so much affection between these two mm-hmm. characters yeah. in this movie. Yeah. And I think the reason you're able to pull this off is because you're about to kill him. Mm. Right, yeah. like there's not there's not a lot there there aren't a lot of places to go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, if they've already kind of loved each other, now yeah. you, you right. could have you could have gone searching for the dad, sure. But that's another movie that you do. That's a lamer movie, and mm-hmm. you also do with two characters who are kind of fighting the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so they're watching all about Eve because. You know, of course, they're watching all about Eve. Uh, Esteban goes to see his mother's work and watches her act in the organ donation class that you were speaking of. Yes. uh, Which is really fascinating. Totally. But also, to your point, it goes on for a while. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, okay. Yeah. Well, the whole opening sequence, you know, is Mm -hmm. is in Mm -hmm. that world. Yeah. And then, yeah, the the simulation for the organ donation thing is really interesting because they're doing it live, but, like, the group is watching it on screen. It's weird. Which... Uh, yeah, which I think I think is part of the metatextuality <laughs> totally. that he's sort of talking totally. about. But it it does feel like he's seeing his mother through mm-hmm. these different media, mm-hmm. which is also interesting too. Let's go down another rabbit hole. All right, um, is there? You think there's something to the idea of her working in a place mm-hmm. where they they take body parts from one person mm-hmm. and give them to another person, and then there's also a further idea in this movie about the lengths we go. Mm-hmm. To to change our bodies. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! Is there totally. some trans plants, trans yeah, uh, transgender. Well, it's yeah, almost yeah. like this, like kind That's of refreshing awesome. pragmatism about like these are the pieces yep. that make us right. And there's like a ton of pain and emotion connected to it. Whether it means you're like losing someone and their death means some other schmo gets a heart. Um, and that guy was quite a schmuck. He was. Oh, <laughs> he was yeah. a bit of a like, schmuck. This guy gets the heart. I know. You could just see Manuela and you're like, I'm with you, girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's also something to the fact that Esteban's a part of her. Right. I mean, yes. he's her offspring. I mean, there's, totally. there's, there's sort of these ideas of what makes us us mm-hmm. all about us. I mm-hmm. mean, that idea of like all the pieces, I think, absolutely but is yeah, there's, it's thematically like part this, of that. These pieces are what make it's. It's you're able to like look at being a human just in terms of the pieces that make us what there are, and there's this like sort of pragmatism or whatever to like you know that uh, that's what it means to sort of be alive is to take one part from someone and put it in another, and then there's this you know then you have a grotto scene where it's ta- thinking about all of the parts that kind of make her who she is. I don't, yeah, it's it's like just looking at things with a sort of frankness that I think is really. Great. Yeah, and it never feels like the, all these things that we're talking about right now are all really heady things, mm-hmm. and yet the movie does not ever feel like it doesn't it's, lean into it. it you know what I mean? Doesn't you all. don't feel the weight of all the things it's talking about? It's which not I think trying is, to make it through. Like the the Kenny that you like the picking up on that. It's like it's not 
it's not holding your hand and walking you through it. At least I didn't think so. Which I guess is exactly why I I felt, so I I knew the discussion would be, for me, significantly Mm. more stimulating than the movie. Mm. Which it is, which which, which it already is. And I, 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 I could sense that that there were a lot of things going on in the movie um, that I wasn't quite getting the way I want to get that I would need two experts like the two of you to help me walk through. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, I, I think that that this is already serving its purpose. And, and, <laughs> well, so that's good. I'm so glad. And raising my zero to ninety nine <laughs> to an appropriate level for this <laughs> masterpiece, this esteemed film. Yes. Uh, so Esteban uh, goes with his mother to see Streetcar Named Desire, or as you said, I uh, Una Trevino Yamato de Sao. Yeah, I will not even attempt any uh, sure. foreign languages on this podcast. <laughs> uh, and then there's a moment where Esteban almost gets hit by a car. Yes. And that that reverse shot on her face is, is so good. Just, you're, it's it's really awful that he does that to us, but yes. it's perfect that he does it well, to us. Well, it's like perfect that tease of it. Because it's she's so scared. Yeah. It's so scary. You see it in her face. And yeah. then he's okay and yeah, everything's like, fine. Oh, everything's and she's fine, right? Yeah. And you think about how shit like that happens in life all the time. Where you have like a near miss on something or whatever. Or something scary happens and you're in the moment for that split second. And then when it's all good, you're like, and let's it's go to the fine. show. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And and then, Ugh. you know, I, but of course, like that kind of stuff like that is around the corner at any given moment, which unfortunately, like Manuelo learns. Yeah. Um, so they go see the play. Yeah. Uh, Esteban can't find the courage to talk to Huma or is, does he have an opportunity to talk to her at the play? I can't remember. I don't think so. He tries, no. okay. he tries he to, be, but he, he doesn't get he, it. He, he kind of taps on her her window. Oh, that's well, later. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, he runs up to the car in the a, rain, right? Yeah, well, it's after the yeah, it's after the play. I don't Sorry, remember yeah. there being a beat with the two of them. I couldn't remember if maybe he, yeah, they leave. I didn't because that's because Manuela references the tapping. Yes, yes, she, yes. On the window. Yes, on and Huma has that amazing moment when she looks off camera and, and she remembers like, and she sees it. him. Oh, it's so amazing good. stuff. Uh, but yeah, so he knocks on the window to try to get an autograph, and she just shoes him away. Right. You know, and and doesn't think twice about it. And she's sort of it. caught up in the moment. And Nina, as we come to learn, is a, you know, piece of work. So like, she's <laughs> just not. You know, it's not. It's not even like she's not actively dismissive. It's 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 um. You know, it's not that. It's not even that far. She's not being it's that just shitty. Like we're yeah. we're going now. There's, yeah. there's nothing yeah. shitty about shooting away an autograph seeker. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Kenny's done it a million don't times. Fall. Don't bother these people in their real lives. Life. Yeah. Yep. Don't it's they a, give you enough? Well, forget. It. Just don't bother these yeah. people. It's Fair crazy. I mean, that's, that's such an Fans. LA thing, yeah. right? Oh, I know. Just like that's not who. We, that's not who we do this for. We don't do this. We don't do this for the, for the fans. We do it for the industry. We do. There was something great about that. <laughs> we do it for the networking. I haven't seen all, all about even eons. So oh, it's so, so good. I, I, it's been so long, and then seeing that clip in the movie where where she's like, the "Fans, they don't even." They're, they're never even indoors or something yeah. where like we're being like a real like Cretan brute was like you're outside all the time <laughs> and, now, and now it's like people are just like sitting on their asses like twiddling their phones yeah, <laughs> yeah. like literally talking those were to the, their those were the yeah. people on Twitter yeah. <laughs> so then Isteban is actually hit by a car yes and it is horrifying yeah first of all I was actually sca- like it actually startled me mm-hmm. when he however they cut it in a way that it actually did give me a jolt um, and then you just have this camera. I don't know how they even shot it, quite honestly. Yeah. It, it's of 
of his POV. POV. Yeah. And the rain. And it's a bit in slow-mo. And she's running towards the camera. It's just, it is a heartbreaking, horrific, mm-hmm. amazingly well done it's sequence. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and then Manuela has to do, she's now on the other side Ugh. of the situation where she has to decide to give away his organs. Yeah. And like the the people that she knows within yeah. that community, knowing that it's her and you see them yeah. all reacting and kind of going about their job, but like wiping away tears. It's really and brutal. then there's a the moment where like the same doctors that she does the simulation with have to come out and tell her and she knows exactly what's what happening. And so From she the first just words. loses yeah. it. And yeah. oh, it's yeah. really, it's really, it's yeah. brutal. Yeah. Um, we then see Esteban's organs as they're flown to all the different recipients. On a journey. <laughs> then we maybe are having doing an organ transplant movie for a second. <laughs> for a second there, yeah. I, I was, because I, again, I had only seen it in 99. Mm-hmm. I didn't really remember it. Um, so When I rewatched it, I'd forgotten about that sequence. See that, I was like, huh? When that stuff started to happen, I was like, oh, right, there's all this mm-hmm. organ stuff. And I was like, is the organ stuff the whole movie? I can't, I really mm-hmm. honestly couldn't really remember. Um, but it's all done incredibly well. It all has this great sort of energy to it. And it's done as close to playfully as it can be under the circumstances. Sure. Like it doesn't feel as awful as it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then Manuela follows one of the people. Yes. Well, the heart, is it? Yes. Yes, it's the yeah, heart. They yeah, yeah. focus on the heart yeah. in that whole like sequence, which yeah. I don't know, just going back to the fact that there are so few men in this movie, I yes. did appreciate that like the lead sort of cooler carrying person was a woman. And then of yes. course, like, you know, the one of the few men in the movie is the guy receiving the, the organ transplant. And I'm not trying to put too fine of a point on but it. He but sucked. it just <laughs> but also like sucked. because and obviously it, and right? it's an eighteen year old's heart. Yeah. Oh, even better. Um yeah, yeah so was, she follows yeah. the heart to Barcelona. No. Um sorry. It's um sorry. another town. My apologies. Because uh, the movie takes place mostly in she, Barcelona. Mostly she goes to Barcelona yes. in the the we, desire to find Lola. Yeah, we start in Madrid and then she goes to Barcelona to That's find okay. to go. find Lola. But this it's a smaller town that I'm forgetting. Barcelona looks beautiful in this movie too, by the way. Like, and not just, like the Barcelona. It's not like a lot of Gaudi. It's yeah, not the yeah. Barcelona. Yeah, it's not Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Exactly. <laughs> it's not. It's Although not. I, you, know, yeah. you know, it's the not not the tourist version yeah. of Barcelona. Um, so Manuela goes to Barcelona to try to find Lola. Uh, and she kind of. Lola, of course, being, being the, the Esteban's, Esteban's father. father. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I should have said that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh Manuela, and I, it should also be said too, as we walk through this somewhat Byzantine plot, it does not feel that way when you're watching it. Mm-mm. I don't know how you feel about that, Kenny, but it, it didn't feel like I was, I wasn't confused as I was watching it, I guess is what I'm getting at. No, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty simple. Yeah. It, it, it's pretty simple. There's a, there's a simple goal. Yes. And there's a pretty obvious journey. There's a pretty mm-hmm. There's a securitist route to that, I think. Yeah, I, I Yes, but but mostly because it's not as if she takes her eyes off the prize. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just this is a person who's difficult to find, and there is no Google at this point. <laughs> yes, right. Well, and you do have yeah. the VO of her going on the train, and and some of that sort of like mm-hmm. setting up mm-hmm. this journey, and, and that That's she's true. going back to Barcelona. Yeah, I don't know. For me, like this whole movie, I am just even. I don't remember how I felt watching it the first time, but just sort of like along for the road. It also there are some passes that you Mm -hmm. you know what I mean. In in particular, like right now, Manuela finds her old friend Agrado, Mm -hmm. kind of just by driving and sort of stumbles upon her and this this interaction that's happening. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that. Just it's a buy, and it is what it is. Like I don't, I I didn't bother me that it was somewhat coincidental, but Mm -hmm. it happens. She finds 
uh, Agrada, who's a, a transgender prostitute, uh, who she then realizes might be able to help her find Lola. Right. They all ran in the same crowd in Barcelona and Paris right. back in the day. Back in the day. Yes. Uh, then Manuela and Agrado meet. And they're clearly Rosa. dear friends. Like, yeah, you know, no, they're she's like, so... they hit it off almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get sort of one of the first, well, I don't know if it's right then or if it's a little bit later, but you get one of Agrado's great lines where, what does she say? Um, she takes her back to her, uh, her apartment. Well, first of all, when they, <laughs> When they're embracing, like down in like this, you know, pretty like you know, sketchy place. Uh, she thinks that Manuela's hurt, and Manuela goes, "No, it's your blood." <laughs> uh, like, great. no, don't worry about it. And 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 Manuela goes back to her apartment to get her to get her all cleaned up. And that's when Agrado says, "I like to say goodbye to the people I love, even if it's only to cry my eyes out." Because clearly, Manuela had left after yeah. she found out she was pregnant. You know, however many years prior, and didn't 15, tell. 16, 17, I think it's eighteen. Yeah. Oh, it's eighteen years. Yeah. Um, and didn't say anything. And and Agrado hasn't seen her since or heard from her since. Here's another element mm-hmm. just occurred to me yeah. that may matter and may not matter. Uh, Manuela moved there with Lola, who I believe then was Esteban, mm-hmm. uh, 20 or so years prior mm-hmm. from Argentina, mm-hmm. which makes Mela a, uh, which makes Manuela a immigrant. Mm-hmm. And I have no concept of what immigration looks like, specifically Latin American immigration to Spain. At that time, but it's got to mean something, <laughs> right? That's yeah. got to be. That's got to be. Yeah, a no certain, idea. It's got to be a certain set of circumstances that. Uh, and you know, Argentina is obviously a. You know, a, 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 a. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not a third world country, and it's also an yeah. image. It's a very European country. So mm-hmm. if you're talking about the image of sort of Spain, mm-hmm. the image of Spain within Latin America versus other places, if I don't know, it, it, like. Is it, is it, I mean, like maybe the, it's akin to an Australian moving to America type thing, but, mm-hmm. or maybe it's akin to, I don't know, yeah. like a Mexican moving to America. It's really hard to say, but my point is basically she's a stranger in a strange land. Mm-hmm. She has no family. She has, she, she, anything she's found, anything she has, she has found mm-hmm. and she has fostered. And it might speak to why she has kind of gotten in with this group of misfits mm-hmm. or this sure. group of others. And, and that's she, right. kind of interesting to me too. And she was in an amateur theater group. So she's clearly surrounding herself with artists in addition to being a bit of an outsider. Yeah, I have no idea what the context, what that context it's, would mean uh, yeah. for coming from Argentina. But it's certainly, it's certainly a choice. It's certainly an interesting choice that isn't, mm-hmm. isn't intrinsic to this plot, mm-hmm. right? All she, I guess it's kind of important that she doesn't have anybody, but it's, Pretty easy to do that a million, a, sure. you know, myriad Myri- other ways. Yeah. Sure. So that's interesting to me too. That is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But, um, Manuela and Agrado uh, meet a young nun named Rosa, mm-hmm. who's played by Penelope Cruz, a very young Penelope Cruz, yes. looking oh, like a baby. So um, who <laughs> seriously? <laughs> who tries to get Manuela a job working for her mother? Yes, and Manuela goes with Agrado to get help under the sort of impression that she's also a sex worker mm-hmm. uh, because like that's that's what this that's what these this, this charitable organization do if she's if she doesn't need really need the help she <laughs> right. might not get it so so and Manuela just speaking to her own sort of like ease with sex work and all of it is just totally has 
doesn't doesn't care. Like doesn't yeah. care if, if they have an immediate rapport. Yeah. They, they immediately mm-hmm. connect with with Rosa. Uh Rosa isn't feeling so well, so Manuela takes her back to her place, which seems to be sort of the first early hint that Rosa might be sick. Correct. Uh Manuela meets Huma. But sick in this case, pregnant. Yes, she mm-hmm. thinks it's pregnancy. Yes. Um, until later. Um, but well, no, uh, I think she is. I mean, I think she's sick from being both? pregnant at that point. Yes. No, no, yeah. it is. I just yes. mean she doesn't know sure, that it sure, could sure, potentially sure. be a disease of some sure. sort. Uh, Manuela meets Huma, the actress from Streetcar uh, that she saw with her son, and they, they pretty quickly become friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, Manuela becomes her assistant kind of for, yeah. for a good chunk of it. Well, she like qu- kind of gets in there right away because Nina, who it plays Stella in Streetcar and is also in a relationship with Huma mm-hmm. has a drug problem and has sort of disappeared again. Right. And so right. and sh- and so Manuel is just kind of again speaking to the use of coincidence and sort of happy <laughs> accidents in this movie, you know, happens to be there when Nina has just stormed out and and sh- she kind of just presents herself as someone able to help Huma and and she can drive and so and not only that, she's not uncomfortable asking around and finding out where Nina would be to score. Right. And so she helps Huma right away, and then accidentally leaves her bag in the car. Right. Um, and then Rosa comes over to Manuela's and tells her she's pregnant shortly thereafter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and she tells her that Lola got her pregnant. Oh, but we also forgot that I've always depended on the kindness of strangers. <laughs> Sorry. When, sure. when, yes. when Manuela helps Huma, that's when, like, I don't know. There's just it's, such it's, a yeah. great thing where, like, clearly a Motivar is, like, not interested in homage. It's like, that's that's not what it's but about. But he sort it's, of it's just, is, though. It's going to be, no, but he he's going to take it further. That's what I mean. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. He um, also said that he pulled something directly from Cassavetti's opening night in this, like a really? sequence. And I have no idea what it is. Just putting it out there to other people who... Who might, yes, if, yeah, if, if our listeners can <laughs> Not put that I. together. Uh, Rosa asked Manuela to come with her to the doctor. Um, and uh, in terms of pregnancy tests mm-hmm. and, and the like, uh, Huma hires then Manuela as her personal assistant. And then Manuela steps in as an understudy in Huma's play. Correct. When Nina basically... He goes like on she, a bender yeah, and yeah, can't perform. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when Rosa finds out that she is HIV positive. Yes. And I will just say, and again, I, I was so terrified of HIV AIDS and STDs. I don't know if it's a generational thing. It was just, and I went to Catholic school growing up. It was just like the worst thing that could possibly happen to you sure. because it's very bad. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not, ma- not yes, saying not it's not, it, yeah. but it was such this outsized, scary thing where you weren't just sick, you were also unwanted. You know, it was just every kind of bad. And I just remember seeing this as a whatever 13-year-old in that whole scene in which Rosa reveals this and Manuela hugs her and kisses her and holds her. And you know what I mean? And it was just like kind of revelatory. I mean, sure. It takes the the, the stigma off of all of the... Especially at this time too. I don't necessarily... I, I don't think you got the timing right. What do you I, mean? I don't think you have the timing right. This is 99. Right. Philadelphia came out in 91. I'm, I think we'd... I just mean I'm so... Young. Oh, no, no. That, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. For sure. For me personally, oh, it's yeah. like a You mean preteen? Hollywood's embracing of, I think, of HIV. I think we knew by yeah. 99 that like 
Totally. Don't yes. get me the wrong. The nuns at Sacred Heart weren't interested in that <laughs> yeah. version of events. It was more like, you know, It'll this is you. what will happen to you. Yeah. And, and and it was also me being like a sensitive, anxious kid that really took that and ran with it. And it it was something that. Oh, as, know, as a, as a, a you know, deal. card-carrying hypochondriac, I was <laughs> as scared of HIV as anybody. And I, and I think that, uh, but to Kenny's point, I do think that over that decade oh, sure. of the 90s, we saw a real sort of, from scare tactics to an embracing of, an understanding of the disease. Mm-hmm. And, yes, that, you know. like, there was that idea when we were growing up that like, you can get AIDS from drinking fountains yes. and, yes. and toilet seats yeah. and shaking hands. And really, like, it, it wasn't, it was never taught to me stay away from people with HIV or AIDS, but it right. was hinted ne- yeah. all the time Same. that like, we don't really know what can go on here. By the late 90s, I think everyone knew. I mean, like for me as a, as a sports fan, at least, there was the moment where in the All-Star game where Isaiah Thomas kissed Magic Johnson mm-hmm. on the cheek or vice versa, or they kissed mm-hmm. each other on the cheek after Magic Johnson had, had revealed that he had AIDS, HIV, that he was HIV positive. And it, that was a very big yeah. moment. And it was kind of from that moment on that at least- me and people who, you know, who kind of <clears throat> internalized that moment were like, we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that don't, don't over, don't, don't overblow that kind of thing. I did want to talk about the kind of HIV and, a- and AIDS aspect, because I do think this was a little after mm-hmm. that had left kind of the, the, the hive mind of America. Um, and I think this is our first movie that's dealing with it so far. I think so. So to think 51 or 50, 52 movies into this year, yeah. we haven't touched it is kind of remarkable to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. It might also be a symptom of what you're talking about as well, which is that we had become comfortable with it as a society to the point more where- More comfortable. More comfortable with it. That um, making movies about it maybe wasn't as important to- Hollywood, you know, like the, the, that it felt like it wasn't the, the the issue that it used to be, maybe. Right. It wasn't at that like fever pitch sort of right. moment. Mm. Right. You know what I mean? Like I think about, I, I remember seeing Philadelphia in the theater. I remember it being a very big deal. It was 93, not 91. Yeah, it was 93. So. I was 13 years old and I, I remember seeing that film and it was just very powerful stuff. Around that time, you felt like a lot of characters on television started to have it as well. And it started to become a thing that people mm-hmm. wanted to talk about. Um, I think Rent was like 94, mm-hmm. 95. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's all kind of percolating yeah. around that time. And then I think in 99, and I would even say just now, like we don't really talk about it as much anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't, certainly don't talk about it like it's a death sentence anymore. No. Because thankfully it doesn't have to be. No. So right. That's, yeah. Advances in medicine and what have you have made it, you can live a very long life with the disease. But what's also with interesting money. is with- tr- With a lot of money. With, yes. <laughs> we found the cure. It's money. It's money. Um, <laughs> money uh, cures everything. Uh, uh, but but going back to all about my mother. But the other interesting thing about it, though, it's not the main dish of this movie. It's just Correct. a part of it. It's it's a side story, really. It's not the main story. It's big. It's very consequential. Yeah. But it's not. It's not a movie about HIV no. AIDS. Which again, I, I think it's like speaks to that sort of progression where it's something that's in the world that you have to like deal with and yes. talk about. But it's not, you don't have to do the movie about it, I guess. To that point, and this is sort of a question to both of you guys, and I don't really know how I feel about it one way or the other yet, but it does kind of feel like <clears throat> it, it, 
gets an easy out at the end for for young Esteban. Mm. You know, which is that he's some miracle child who doesn't have this disease and that yeah. might actually be helpful in terms of curing the oh, disease or something like that. That's bullshit, but that's not what I said. Well, there's also, yeah. Yes, well, there's a that's moment with true. there's a yeah. moment yeah. with Rose's mom where they talk about the antibodies, which makes me think like, oh, is the is the is the baby on medication? I, when so you she think talks, she's lying at the end? Is that no, what no, 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 no. I think when it, she I think talks yeah. right when she talks about Esteban being a miracle, I'm like, well, that's not that doesn't help anyone. That it's that's kind of that's sort yeah. of my point. He, he's not he's um, not, not a miracle. There's again right. like this stuff yeah. is so far back in the recesses of my mind. But there was a point in time where I actually knew these stats, where mm-hmm. I knew where I knew what it actually you know the the percentage of babies totally. And I I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's twenty five percent because I'm pretty sure it has to do something very there's something mm-hmm. very specific that has to happen that yeah. has to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, and it also is about breastfeeding. You don't breastfeed a baby if mm-hmm. you but you don't. Most it's not babies, a given yeah. by any means, and, and it hasn't certain, been. Yes, yeah. Okay. So okay. Was, it was slight. Yeah, it was a mischaracterization. It does of, seem like a misunderstanding. Yeah. Of what happens, and maybe I, this is this is so speculative. I'm I'm really conjecture. I'm sorry, but maybe Spain at the time that was something in the news where there were these babies that were born Possible. without it, and that might have seen kind of. It just seemed but, a little weird to me. I, I will say, if I'm being completely honest, this movie kind of rushes towards, at the end, if I have one sort of critique, is that it kind of rushes to a conclusion and a happy conclusion at the end of the movie um, that makes me wonder, and that's just part of it. There's a little bit of like, and it's all going to be okay, and this kid doesn't have this disease, mm-hmm. and, it's, you know, and, and that's, I mean, listen, that's fine. It's just the movie is very complex up to that point, and it feels a little pat at the end. So there's, yeah. there's a, the, the, kind of the, the ultimate question I'm grappling with from a storytelling standpoint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is this idea of how does one get over the loss of a child? And as a father, um, I've thought about that. And my answer has always been, you don't. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Like if something happened, it's over. Like yeah. my life will never be good again. And that's it. Like really, that's that's really how I've thought about it. Like if that if something horrible happened to any of the Four members of my immediate family, it would be over for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, the, I, I am a little troubled by the the Esteban the Third ending. Yeah, you know, I'm mm-hmm. a little like troubled with this idea that like she gets to quote unquote start again or or, or raise another like. I, I, mm-hmm. And I don't mean it like I don't mean it in kind of a judgmental way. I, I understand that kind of that that desire to give her something new to look forward to, but it just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But it just feels like it rings false to me, you know. And granted, Patton Oswald, Patton Oswald lost his wife mm-hmm. and remarried within a I think eighteen months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's criticized for that by shitheads on Twitter. And Incredible. and and he basically responded by saying, essentially, you don't know what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what it's like. Yeah. So it's it's hard to say, but just imagining it, that's not the ending I would have given it. Right. Yeah, it it does feel a little easy. Mm-hmm. Um and but I also I mean, I basically agree with you. I, I understand that for me anyway, I I, I I had a very deep desire for Manuela to get a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and that for her to find a way through this maze of despair and what right. have you. Um, 
So if, if you know, a, a baby gives you that. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree, like, in terms of it feeling a little, you know, not convenience, the wrong word, but sort of, like, yeah, yeah, a little pat. But I do think, like, it is the culmination of her having, like, she undergoes this insane tragedy of losing her son. And then she kind of, her response to that is to kind of, like, reckon with her yes. past, right? And so she goes on this, like, reckoning of going back to her past and her son's father, and also along the way kind of encounters more tragedy in terms yeah. of Rosa and 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 so forth. So I guess it's like, yeah, it, it, it's at least coming out of a lot of maybe, like, cathartic uh, pain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, no, for sure, but for I, sure. But I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't disagree. Uh, so then Manuela tells Huma uh, and Nina about the night that she saw the play with Esteban. Mm-hmm. And we have that moment we talked about where Huma looks off and sees the, the moment again. Yeah. Um, Manuela convinces Huma to hire Agrado to be her assistant. Yes. And then Huma writes a beautiful letter slash autograph to Esteban. Mm-hmm. Um, Agrado gives uh, the speech that we talked about outside yes. Nina's dressing room while she shoots up. Uh, then Agrado gives this incredible one-woman show that we also talked about. And then on the way to the hospital to deliver the baby... Mm-hmm. Rosa asks the taxi to stop at a park where she spots her father's dog. Sapik. And then her own father, who suffers from Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and doesn't recognize Rosa. Uh, he asks for her age and height, but Sapik <laughs> recognizes Rosa. Mm-hmm. And then Rosa dies giving birth to the son, which we don't see. There's, which, yeah, I, it was a little jarring to just be at a funeral. Right. For this character that we had grown so, you know what I mean? Well, I like remember it, feeling confused as to what actually killed her. Me too. So you would presume that the baby's so little, it must have been childbirth. It seems childbirth, There's no but reason that she would have died. She from, seemed healthy before, right. yeah. So, and yet, and yet, you know, and I guess if she died in, in, in childbirth, you can extend it to Lola's responsibility too, given that. Lola got her pregnant, but like it doesn't it does really feel matter. Like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, you know, like I, I, I actually didn't really attribute to childbirth. I attributed to the disease. The disease. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really no. matter. Ultimately, yeah. like she, she had a death sentence. It was yeah, it was going down one way or another. Lola and Manuela finally reunite at Rosa's funeral, um, and we have that amazing scene that mm-hmm. we've that we talked about. Manuela then adopts Esteban, Rosa's child. Mm-hmm stays with him at Rosa's parents' house. Yes. Uh, the father doesn't understand who Manuela is, and Rosa's mother says, it's the new cook who's living there with her son. It's all yeah. a little bit convoluted. Uh, and then Man- and then Rosa's father asks Manuela her age and height. We're so afraid of confusing Rosa's father, and we give him these very crazy stories about who Manuela yeah. is. But yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Manuela introduces Esteban to Lola and gives her a picture of their own Esteban. Uh, which is a beautiful scene. Yes. Uh, Rosa's mother spots them from the street and then confronts Manuela about letting strangers see the baby. Mm-hmm. Manuela tells her that Lola is Esteban's father and Rosa's mother is appalled. That's the monster that killed my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Manuela flees back to Madrid with Esteban. Uh, she can't take living with Rosa's parents because of all the sort of fear she has of contracting AIDS from the baby and all yeah. of this kind of craziness. Mm-hmm. This is... I'm saying this quickly, but this stuff is also done very quickly. Very fast. Um, some might say it's too fast. Uh, it, it's just there's a lot mm-hmm. that he's trying to cover mm-hmm. in a pretty short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, uh, she writes a letter to Huma and Agrado saying that she's leaving and once again is sorry for not saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, kind of, this, this, this stuff is not my favorite. Yeah. The, the, tri- the letter 
The no time to digest the letter, the letter ultimately meaning nothing. Yeah. Um, certainly yeah. in terms of the film, the one train, the second train right. two years later, yeah. right. and the happy ending, all that means nothing to me. It's all very, but, it feels very machinations of plot, mm-hmm. um, which is unfortunate because mm-hmm. the movie's so beautifully character-oriented for so much of it. Yeah. yeah. That this stuff feels like, and, and I think this is sort of what you're saying, or at least it's what I'm saying, but you just didn't need a lot of this. You don't. No. Like, all this could have been just streamlined, um, but... He wanted to tell the story, so, you know. Mm-hmm. All I needed to know, and again, this might have just been the time. I didn't even need to know this, but I need to know whether or not the kid contracted the virus. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And either yes. of those answers are acceptable, yes. mm-hmm. frankly. Mm-hmm. Right? But I just want to know what she's up against moving forward. Yeah. And then the movie could have ended. I couldn't agree with you more. I also feel like we get to, where we get to two years later, because then she comes back two years later mm-hmm. with Esteban for... AIDS convention. See that. Uh, and then she reunites with Huma and Agrado. We get to see the backstage again. We get to see the photo of Esteban. Like all that stuff was really nice. Mm-hmm. I thought that was important to sort of bring the thing full circle, um, which I appreciated. Uh, but like then she moves back in with the grandparents. Right. It's a little ping pongy and, and a little unnecessary well, so in that feels regard. But. Ultimately, kind of inconsequential, right? Yeah. yeah. I'll come over yeah. to our I'm not going, going yeah, it's, it's And then like Manuela asks Huma about Nina, and then Huma's sort of melancholic and kind of like leaves. Mm-hmm. And we're just sort of left with this moment of her like leaving the the backstage and going on stage. Yes. Um to perform. Uh that last scene I love doesn't the, bother me. Yeah, I yeah. really like where we get to. Mm-hmm. We just don't need all of that. No. You know, for lack all of a better word, Michigas that happens. Yeah, there's just a lot going on. Yeah. Um, but it ends on a really nice note. I really love the last scene to your point. Mm-hmm. So it made me kind of forget about all of the kind of machinations that happened prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's that beautiful um, dedication at the end. Yes. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great movie. Um, I didn't mean to like breeze through the plot here, but it's just like no. there's so much that I was just totally. like. Totally. And, and he does. He doesn't. Our, you our didn't collective plot? Well, no, I just mean our collective impression of this last sort of let's say 20 minutes or so oh. Oh, sure. feels like he breezes through so much stuff that I was just like I'm just going to breeze through as well totally fair um, but uh, should we rate it? sure yeah do you have your ratings? I, well, I, <laughs> I think so so we have to work, there, work there's a, a pre-podcast right well first Meaning of all like this morning yes okay. Phil, you watched a, it this morning she's a 99er she knows <laughs> <laughs> do you um, do you remember what your rating would be for when you first saw it? Probably a ninety. I mean, because it was so informative. Of, yes, and I na- lististed this as one of my favorite movies ever for a long time. Years. What after else is on I the list? It. Oh, just I, I just hate off that question. Just no, off the top. Sorry. Just off the top of the I'm dome. So uncomfortable now. Well, how about, how about just like how about just in ninety nine? You don't need to oh, give us ever. Well, that's even harder. Okay, well then we don't have to just, just so it. just guys. I only technically work in this Hollywood <laughs> business. Like, don't put me on the spot. You worked at UTA for a very long time. I did nine years. That's um, how I met Phil. I'm one of the uninteresting. I'm an UTA alum yes, as we well. Didn't, yes. we didn't cross. Paths. We didn't cross. We started yeah. in summer of 08. Oh uh, yeah, so much younger than me. And you were all features all the time. Yeah, all features, we were all indie features all the yeah. time. Just begging for. Who's money. the guy there? Richard. Rich Klubeck. Rich Klubeck. That's my yeah. boss. There you go. I think oh, I delivered geez. him something once and he was very nice. Oh, sure. I yes. interviewed for his desk. Well, that would, 
I'd pay. Can you imagine? I would pay when I to first see started. That. When I first started eating, oh gosh, yeah, that would have been a very different path. My life would have mm-hmm. taken. You can just yeah. Well, yeah, because you're probably like you represent the Cohen brothers. Like yeah, let's basically. Do this. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Other favorite movies. Other, I mean, ju- like. You know, just some movies that you love. Amadeus, Clueless. Sure. (laughs) That's the best one-two punch I could ask for. Amadeus, you're done. You're done. You did it. That's basically the- three movies. That's- Yeah. Two amazing movies. Just to give you the vibe. Yeah. But this movie- I swear to God, those are two movies that if you had to put like important movies in a vault Mm -hmm. for aliens, I just watched Starman literally yesterday. So I had that that gold record in my head. Yeah. If you had to do gold records with movies- those are two perfect movies. 100%. Those are be, yeah. Yes. 100%. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'd say 90. 90. Yeah. Around, mm-hmm. around 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you rate it after watching it recently prior to sitting down in front of this mic? Uh, probably, you know, I, I think because you go back and watch it and, and you're so afraid that it's not going to hold up. <laughs> and, it, and I really was so like pleasantly reminded sure. that the movie is so good. But there are sort of some, definitely some, you know, um, issues with, especially with the third act. And and so I'd probably put it like high 80s. Yeah. Yeah, like okay. 87. And that's kind of where I'm staying. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with movie. you. I, I, I would say when I saw it in 99, I don't remember particularly well. Um, so I, I'm going to say that back then, I, I liked it a lot. I don't know that it, I'd say I'd probably give it an 80. Back mm-hmm. then, I was like, I respect this. I see this is great, but I'm not sure I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, pre-podcast, I'd give it an 89, mm-hmm. um, and I would say I'm still at an 89. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So pre-podcast, yeah, here we are. <laughs> pre-podcast. Uh, so I, I look. I had it at a 62. I only mm-hmm. had a 62 because, like, um, I didn't get it. Like, mm-hmm. let's put it like that simply. That simply. Like, I, 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 un- I understood. I respected it, right? Mm-hmm. I respected it, and I and the things that like I kind of brought to this conversation, um, I think are reflective of that. I respected the way he handled the characters. I respected the way he 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 he, he um, drew the relationships out. Um, but I did think it was a little slow, mm. and I still do think it's a little slow. And um, and I don't I don't really have a lot of issues with it. I'm going I'm going way up. Um, not as high as you crazy people, but, uh, 79 is what right. I put down. 79 right. is kind right. of where I think you feel it, good about the movement we got out of your yeah, no, and, I, yeah. Yeah. and here, here's what I'll say. And I'm not arguing with you about it at all. Like the, this, I watched this movie and I enjoy watching it so much that I don't have the same compulsion of like, I need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. So when you said that at the beginning, I was like, that's so interesting to me, but I think totally valuable. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah and I think we, I, I think we did kind of ex- excavate mm-hmm. a lot of things that um, do make me like and appreciate this movie a lot more than I did before. Um, it's it's hard when you go into a movie for the first time, kind of not really knowing what to look for. And we've seen this a lot in, and I, I don't want to change the way we do the podcast, but we've seen this a lot where we watch movies. We don't necessarily know how to engage with them. Right. And uh, I would say I didn't know how to engage with this. I thought this was going to be a way more transgressive movie. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Maybe I was a little underwhelmed on my watch, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's okay. great. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 um, I was, I was thrilled to to revisit it. Makes me want to watch more of his movies. Yeah, quite yeah honestly, me too. Like, guys, when I was, I think it was Cannes 2015. 
I can't remember what I was seeing, but all of a sudden I look at him and two rows in front of me, there's like this shock of white hair and it was pink. And I was like, this is my little indie dream. Did you say anything to him? No, oh, okay. I just appreciated I his, his, no, presence. it was in the movie. If we oh, were okay. watching oh, okay, the movie, okay. I wouldn't dare. But Do you remember what film it was? You don't remember? I want to say it was Carol, but it wasn't. Okay. It was the same year as you Carol, it to be but Carol. But it was not it his wasn't movie. Carol. No, no, he was no, he wasn't going to see. It. No, it was a it was like a daytime screening. It wasn't like a fancy. There That's were nice. like empty seats. Oh, Carol's such a good movie. Yeah. I, oh. I know it wasn't Carol because I saw Carol the premiere. Oh, well, la Next to Ace of Capadia. Hmm? Director hmm? of Amy. The Amy Winehouse documentary. Oh, the Amy oh. Winehouse documentary. Sure, yes. sure, sure. Carol's a great movie. Uh, it is. It's a great movie. Carol's yeah. a great movie. Yeah. Um, thank you for coming on. Haley. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank I'm you sure so this is going to break some records for you guys. Yeah, people yeah, are be- people are beating down the doors to do this podcast. <laughs> Might be the most successful down- foreign language movie we do because yeah. Rumble Over One is our least successful movie <laughs> in terms of downloads. <laughs> I don't. I, it's amazing. That was the I first episode really I think I listened to because oh, you wow. guys had like. Bank, like there had been a few out by the, yeah, by by the, the time, time I started listening and that was yeah. where I started. That was just me but, and you, right? You know, mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Like I like, I like commerce and fun movies too. <laughs> yeah, it was, I, I, that is one of the ones that surprises me the most in terms but of But that movie downloads. is so freaking entertaining. It and is. It's and like it's like, yeah. it's an accessible, fun, yeah. like kind of poppy foreign film. It's the kind of foreign film that I agree. a lot of people saw because it was like cool and like, you, yeah. I don't know. You don't like, really need to read. No, you don't like you that. Don't. That movie is that's a very visual movie. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It's and I feel like great. I mean it's 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 one of our better episodes. If I'm being honest, too. Like we do a deep dive into that. Fucking movie. crazy about that movie. <laughs> it's I truly am. I haven't I'm, seen yeah. that movie in so long. I'm you should rewatch re- it. Too, that was the thing about. I mean, there's a lot of things I love about this podcast, but getting to rewatch some film like that's a prime example of a movie that I remembered liking, mm-hmm. and then rewatching, be like, oh fuck me, like this movie is amazing, and you know, so this um, is another one. You want to talk about what we're doing next week? Uh, do we know what we're doing next week? Oh, we're pl- I know we're planning. I know we're to do planning on doing. Well, next let's week. just tell them what we're planning to do. Do you really want to do this? Fuck else, we're gonna do this. Isn't I, live. If we don't, <laughs> if we don't, do, if we don't do this, I'll be disappointed in us. All right. Well, I'm gonna let you do it then. I'm making this up on the fly. Yeah. This is our 52nd episode. This is our 52nd episode. That's cool. a full year. This is our Happy this birthday. Uh, this is our Thank you. Yeah. you know. Full year of mm-hmm. podcast like a time 1999. Mm-hmm. 52nd mm-hmm. episode, not including our bonuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're gonna do a year in review. Oh. The first 52. Um, we're gonna go back. Movies that surprised us, movies that disappointed us, maybe a new top 10. We're gonna recast some movies like we did in our That's yep, fun. Yep, yep. Arlington Road episode. And others. We mm-hmm. will look forward to some movies that we haven't yet done. Um, I'm excited to do this. This is gonna be a nice, fun kind of reevaluation of, yeah. of the first uh, 52 that we've done, which might I'm, throw out some first 52 awards. We might, yeah, we might do that. Um, Make, give some hints towards uh, stuff that's coming down the road in terms of episodes that, you know, yeah. might be getting dropped. The award, I'm, the, the award I'm really looking forward to is Best Guest. <laughs> so, uh, Jesus. Haley, nice. you've made quite an, you quite made an very, impression. Very I'm, impression. I'm going to nominate you right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm excited to do that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but like we said, may not happen, and you may no, never hear this throw. We true. might just that's, be throwing I, to. We were going we to do this. Though. I thought you were going to say something else. That's what I thought you were going to say that we haven't fully figured out the logistics of said 
episode. Oh, we'll we'll I mean, we'll throw to that at the end of the fifty-two. I think that's the plan because that'll, that'll be, the, be the first of the of the next ones. That'll be the the fifty-three. Yeah, fifty-three. Yeah. Well, technically I wish I had fifty-four a job right now. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll tell you we'll tell you off my but uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's South Park. <laughs> <laughs> that one I think we'll get. We will get yes. that. It's just, you know, anyway. Uh, so thank you for being on this. Thank you for having me. Please come me. back. Thank you. Yes. Well, well I think you, she, I, she I has a movie to. that she's coming back for. There was East I, West. I no. made a devil's no? bargain. She made a devil's bargain. I was oh, actually oh, yes. sort of forced. He told me you were to gonna do, do a bad two. movie. What's yeah. the bad movie? Well, I, don't know I mean, I don't know how I've bad it is. It. But we're both concerned about this movie. Me and you? Yeah, a little bit. Because it's it's a pretty Ooh, let me guess, let me guess. Uh, uh give me one more, one more. It's got a it <laughs> that's an interesting way of doing it. Uh it is directed by someone. Oh, it's not Julian Donkey Boy. No. Oh god. No. Okay. Uh it is um we have covered one of his films already this year. Oh, it, it's flawless. No. Okay. But it's close to being Be- as problematic. <laughs> because, because we have covered one of Joel Schumacher's films. We and, have. And Halley's mind was hands out. That's, as if, that's an interesting... As if Phyllis Seymour Hoffman was walking into a room. Yeah, that's the poster. Oh, it's Superstar. Nope. That's the, what is going on? Okay, so we did a double bill with someone. Do you remember we did a double bill of an actress? Yes. Okay. One of the directors of that of those films has another film. So it's that Gary direct, Marshall. Yes. yes, Gary Marshall's other movie from the year, and other is in the title. Oh, it's the other sister. We're yeah. not doing it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We, we are. You're, you're off the hook. Okay. We're not doing. We're it. doing all of the movies not of '99. Not this one. Kenny, we can't. That's not the bargain that we made with our fans. We have to do all the movies. I was told I was only allowed to I do this soon, sh- this movie that, was the that I wanted to do so, so badly. Phil said, made me. First <laughs> of, made well, me. no, I want to be clear. She gave me a list of movies and, and it I've was listened, on there. And now that it, oh, that's sort of okay. A, not, a, yes, it was. As a joke. As a joke. As a joke. But I said, okay, joke. you're going to do The Other Sister. And then she was like, wait, all about my mother, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, okay. Don't you know you, how humorless this man is? <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> That's, so the other sister will mistake. be recorded with uh, with Haley at some Holy point in the shit. near future. All right, well, good luck, Haley. Where where are you going to be? <laughs> I'll be sitting here like I was for the first five minutes of this podcast, silent, but for the whole time. <laughs> because, I think we can find a way to talk about this movie in, a, in an interesting way. We absolutely will. I have Can't. no it's idea because I haven't seen it. And I, I think that I'm 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 curious how they made this movie. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do it. It's going to be great. I, you know what? <laughs> It'll be the 54th movie. I'm ready to oh, go. Oh, wow. Now you're, you just went from we're not doing it to we're doing it next, basically? I'm the kind of person. I'm the kind of person who just takes the medicine. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, Haley, you're going to come back for that. And then you'll come back for another movie that you actually do want to come awesome. back for. We'll do Amadeus. That didn't come out in I know. But you know, it did come out in 99. Man on the Moon. It's true. Oh. It's true. Yep. Emilio Schwarman. One of his five uh, movies. One of his, one of his movies. So good. Um, are you on Instagram or Twitter or any of these uh, social media things? I lurk on Twitter. Okay. So I'm not, don't, right, don't well, bother. Okay. And Instagram, but we're gonna, we'll, private. So. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, uh, Kenny's at answer. Nybart on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Kane Abbott on Instagram. Kane Abbott on Instagram. But I'm, I'm private. A, You're not going to follow me. I'm P.M. Miscove on Instagram and Twitter. We are at podcast like 1999. Please join us next week for our year in review. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Bye. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.